worry. I am border fine. podcast border fine my name is jessica and if you had listened to my trailer that i posted earlier this is going to be a platform for some self-help self-improvement tips mental health awareness and just kind of a venting outlet place for me to be able to express how i feel and hopefully help others so I am in my 30s. I'm originally from Chicago, and I currently live in Texas for the last two years. Quite the adjustment, I know. So that has been part of my journey through understanding my mental health and how it impacts me and my decisions. And this is going to be a learning process. So I want to start out by saying thank you if you're listening. And let me tell you, today I am pretty border fine. (laughs) I am coming off of having COVID. So I was off a couple of days last week for work. I am working from home as I'm still testing positive. And I am learning just how much I need to work through my OCD because I've already started this podcast at least five different times as I was not pleased with the direction and the content, but I am learning, you know what, we're going to keep errors and all. I'm not going to do chop cuts. I'm not going to stop and start. So this is just going to be free, conscious flow of thought, and hopefully we get somewhere that's helpful. Um, But a little bit about me is that I am in my 30s working on a doctorate, and it's been quite the process. I'm learning how to in both my academic and professional life as an adult, handle ADHD, which is a new diagnosis this last year for me. Makes a lot of sense. Most of the people around me suspected it. Even my own mother, when I told her, decided to add a little piece of you know, history and information that I never knew and said, yeah, I took you to the doctor at least three times thinking that you had ADHD. So (laughs) I was like, interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I even happened to have some um, old, you know how parents keep like your memories and your grades and your report cards and all that. My mom kept everything and she brought it over to Texas because, you know, I'm no longer in her home and she wants that stuff out. I'm like, you're the one that decided to keep this. But I guess she suspected that maybe I would need a memoir and memories to look back on and recall. So I even saw in some of my report cards (laughs) that Jessica is great in school, has a really hard time paying attention. She's a real chatty Kathy. She often daydreams. She wanders. She gets up out of her seat when she shouldn't. But the grades are great. So thank you for the Catholic school system for really showing priorities, which was making sure that I would get top marks. Awesome. So glad that's worked out for me in my adult life and also probably has heightened or exacerbated the OCD tendencies that I have to be a perfectionist. So um, I would attribute that to probably my Catholic education. Uh, We won't unpack that. I will really try to avoid religious talks as that's very personal for a lot of people. And that actually does help a lot of people uh, be able to mitigate 
the things that they're going through when it comes to mental health. So I'm not going to admonish that. My own experience is mine and it's interesting. Some, some of the things that I have gone through in my therapy and with psychiatrists and psychologists, I have been exposed to a lot of nomenclature that was new to me at the time. I have been in therapy since I was five years old. I was seeing a state government family counselor. My mother and I grew up relatively lower income. So we used the state, which I think is still a great resource for people, but in the nineties was a little rough. And I had a lot of issues with anger and that anger came from a place that I have more recently found out was a frustration with my mother and the the lifestyle that I was in. So I had a very, um, verbally abusive father towards my mother, not myself, um, who also sometimes was physically abusive. And I know that if my mother ever finds this podcast, she never wants me to harp on the negative and will always try to say that it was not a lot of the time, but any amount of time at, you know, from the ages of, you know, one to, I want to say eight is how long my dad was in and out of my life. And that really attributed to me picking up bad habits. My father was, or is an alcoholic, whether he admits it or not, but it fueled a lot of his own anger, um, his lies and the lifestyle that he led. He also was married, but separated at the time when I was born. They eventually did get divorced, but I do have two half siblings from my father's side that also fed off the anger and the negativity that resulted from a father who was absent in their lives as well. And of course then goes and meets a woman and has a child. And I'm sure that was very hard for them. And those first years of us knowing each other and trying to create a blended family were really rough. And I think that impacted me because I feel uh, very rejected and abandoned. And that is as a result of a father who could not commit. And for any of his children, it was hard for my mother to get any type of um, monetary compensation. My mother always allowed him to come back in her life when other relationships didn't work out for him or when he got in trouble. And my mom was a person who thought she could fix him. And I think I was angry that I I didn't want him in my life. And at one point when I was nine, after he broke into our home, we had to replace the panel of our door because he broke through the glass window inset. I remember it very vividly. And we had to replace it with plexiglass and we had to call the cops. And my mom was worried about him getting arrested again because he was already in trouble and he'll go away longer and all these excuses. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to see him anymore. I don't want to see my dad. So how that all kind of tethers, (laughs) I'm going to give long winded explanations of my life, but how that tethers into my anger is that I found myself frustrated with friendships that I had people. I mean, when you're a kid, you're your friendships are going to wane and they're going to ebb and flow and you're going to have a best, best friend. And then they're going to do something and you're going to have a new best, best friend. And that is par for the course. But with someone who had such an unstable life and felt already very abandoned, it was hard for me to accept when friends would be mean. And I was bullied really bad in grade school, um, more emotionally than physically, um, which is usually predominantly how girls are bullied. Um, but, um, I, (laughs) I remember I lost a lot of people young, very young in my life. And I remember being bullied for that. There was the girl who lost, I mean, they would exaggerate like, cause I would uh, overwind that, but 
um, they would make fun of the fact that I lost people in my life and that I was crying all the time and that I was sad and just, it wasn't fun. And I remember just acting out in school and I would say my mind, I would not hold back. Someone would be mean to me. And I mean, truly mean more so than an eight year old kid should be. And I would be like, you're being an ass. You're being a bitch. I would call people what they were and I would get in trouble. And I often, my side was hardly ever taken because my mom was also viewed as a single parent with a kid in a Catholic school. So she was kind of dirty laundry because there was no male figure in my life. She was not married. And I was there on scholarship. I got um, aid and help from the diocese. They usually help women who plan on or enroll their children in Catholic education because they want to promote um, their religious cult. (laughs) Did I say that out loud? But yeah, that is kind of where my anger and my therapy journey began. I felt very alone, very ostracized, isolated, and never heard. And there are two ways that children can react to that. They become reserved, they become quiet, or they become loud and defiant. And that's how I was. And it was more so in a school presence because my mom will vouch to this day up until, you know, 10, I was the most polite child. I never acted out in public, um, in, in any type of um, space where it was inappropriate. I was just always well-behaved, um, but it was definitely in school that I really had the hardest time. So that's kind of how I got into therapy. I did something called, I think it was reading rainbow or rainbow something. No, not reading rainbow. It was rainbow something. And it was about like helping kids with anger issues. I remember I had to do that. <laughs> and then, um, I had, a f- I think we did family counseling with my father and my mother and I, and that was my AC that kicked on. So hopefully I can make sure that doesn't happen while I'm recording, but I'm keeping it in. I'm not going back. I'm not cutting it out. So I really amped up the attitude in my teen life. I had to switch schools from seventh to eighth grade after being in the same school for seven years because of bullying. And that's where some really bad and dark habits began. So I met a friend who was both artistic like me and liked to draw and really liked dark, weird things. I, I was a weird kid, obviously. And um, she introduced me to cutting. And that was something I could control. And man, was it a high. That sounds so bad. And I don't mean to glamorize or make that sound good in any way, but I need to speak the truth and how it made me feel. It was great. I could control pain and I could feel pain when I wanted to feel it. And I had a fascination with the body and blood. Again, weird kid. Um, And so I started cutting in eighth grade. And I would (laughs) remember getting in trouble for dress code violations because we had these skirts and these uniforms. And then we had in the cold months, because you still had to wear skirts, we would have these jumper or sweater sweaters with the... um, school monograms on them. And I remember cutting holes in the thumbs so I could keep the holes down. And I know that was quite the aesthetic, but it had an actual functional purpose because I was trying to hide that I was cutting. And again, I, maybe it's just me and the fact that I'm weird and I, I draw a a bully me energy, but eighth grade, I was then again bullied, um, because I, was cutting and I had done things that I guess copied other girls. A girl, straighteners became a huge thing. Um, I remember it was a Vidal Sassoon straightener and I didn't know anything about straighteners. So I'd asked her, what kind of straightener did you get? And I got the same one. Oh my God, they had a heyday. Oh man, you would think that they would have other things on their mind other than what you're copying. But I remember I got one and then this girl decided to tell me how much everyone hates me. And I said, fine, prove it. And so the next period, she had written a list of all the reason why people hate me. (laughs) 
And uh, I got in trouble because when I read this list, I was like, wow, these people are awful. I wish they were all dead. They're just awful people. And someone overheard me say that, and I was sent to the principal for threatening to kill people. What a time. I showed them that list, and we kind of called it a wash. Uh, But yeah, it was rough. (laughs) And high school wasn't much better, but I do believe that I found a better footing of who I was. And I did have more of a voice, which did create some rifts in my friendships, but I always wanted to stand up for myself. Um, A caveat to all of this is some of the nuances of what I suffer with mental illness, PTSD, anxiety, depression, is that I often lied. I lied to my mom a lot because I didn't want to get in trouble. I hate confrontation so much that even if it was something as simple as, did you take out the garbage? She would call me from work because I was a latchkey kid. And I would say yes. And I hadn't. And I mean, I know those are simple things. I mean, every kid does that, but it would, it would progress further. It would be, did you finish your homework? Yes, I didn't. It would be, um, you know, did you say this to, I mean, it just kind of progressed more and more because I just was too afraid to deal with what I thought was the wrath. And it was just a single parent, you know, who's trying to teach their kid to be better. But that also trickled into my friendships. Um, I lied about things because I was, I won't say poor, but I was, lower um, income than a lot of my peers. And I think that I used it to make my life sound better and more grandiose. I would make up lies about the type of car I was going to eventually get when I turned 16. I would make up lies about, you know, how, what my mom did for a living, what my house looked like. And I was embarrassed. And it's unfortunate that I felt that way because it shouldn't matter. I had food, I had clothes, I had education. And it's sad. And I get upset with my younger self because I didn't appreciate what I did have. And I felt like I made my mom feel bad about it, which is so fucking awful. But man, peer pressure and kids, teenagers, they really, they fuck with you mentally. And so I didn't do a good job of being okay with who I was and where I came from. And it resulted in lying. And I feel bad um, for anything that I had said that, you know, my mom found out about uh, and had to say, nope, that's not true. I love you, mom. Thank you for putting up with me. But that was part of the condition and the the way that I was and the decisions that I made unhealthy. Yes. Um, in order to make myself feel better about what I was going through. I learned very quickly as a teen, um, you can't get away with as much when you lie. So I kind of dropped that act. Um, and I became so overly honest that I pissed a lot of people off. Uh, including administration at my school, because boy, did I love being a contradiction. Here I was at a school that cost $8,000 a year for high school. And I got great grades, except for junior year, but that was a rough patch. Um, I was an athlete. I played on the volleyball team. St. Francis Volleyball was one of the top volleyball schools in the uh, state. And that's including public school too. Uh, We even had to change our IHSA status because we were just dominating. I think we have a ridiculous number of titles. It's like between men and women, I think we have like 30-something state titles. So it's crazy. And I played for a really competitive club. And 
I was friends with the weirdos. So I was just this walking contradiction. I did really well in school and I kind of let it be known that I didn't give a fuck, which is problematic. I don't suggest that if there's anyone younger who is viewing, which you shouldn't because this is explicit content. But I think that I was really struggling to find a middle ground of being a normal person who doesn't have to prove that they are so honest because they are ashamed of the lying that they've done in the past and who also doesn't hide behind a facade and is very true to who they are. So that was kind of the inner struggle that I was dealing with. So how I want to relate um, up until this point from my young life into my teenage years and for those who are listening out there is recognizing that there are going to be root problems that manifest in different ways for everyone. My experience and how I reacted to it is not going to be the same way, but it is kind of a predilection of what can be a potential alert or alarm for people to recognize in themselves that they're reacting in certain ways because of something that is causing uh, the problem. And I think it is so important to recognize that and to seek professional help. So some of the things that were manifesting for me at this point was obviously anxiety. And that is because I was having guilt about how I was in the past. I would have a hard time uh, trying to uh, have real conversations with people without either overcompensating or lashing out. And that anxiety creates anger. That anger is balled up and suppressed and pushed down until small triggers cause you to lash out. And that was a big problem for me in my teenage years. I was, to most of my friends, they did not see me as an angry person. I was loud and I was dramatic, but I was very patient. And I let a lot of people make mistakes and still be in my good graces. And I would allow people to have faults and issues because I noticed that in myself and I expected or I wanted at least that same understanding. Never got it. But (laughs) I think that for the most part, my friends didn't view me as an angry person. And most of that came back home with me. And it would be small triggers where I would have an uncomfortable feeling. I would be trying to take my you know, shoes or socks off or um, just a lot of texture issues that were a problem. My mom would make food and I would just hate the way the texture was. And like, I would just freak out and just not want to eat. I would put my clothes on before going to school. I would button, I'd mismatch a button and the seam would be off on my shoulders and I would just freak out. Kind of that same meme where you see people who are having a rough day and then they catch their pant loop on a door handle and just wig out, that would be me on a constant basis. And my mom took an assault, a barrage of those angry moments because they were usually in more private uh, time of my life. So I think I wish I was more vocal to my mom that I needed help, but also mental health was not a respected illness in my family. My grandmother had a history of mental health, her mother, everyone um, had some sort of depression or anxiety, my aunt riddled with it. Um, And no one really sought professional help until their adult life. And I think it's so important to introduce it when those symptoms come on may not be necessary. There are growing periods for children that they will grow out of it. But if it's significantly impacting behavior and their ability to make connections with their family and friends, that is something that's more than just um, a, a trait or a growing pain. And so this section 
of the podcast where I'm unraveling the things that caused me to act the way I do uh, might be helpful to identify those in others. And I think the biggest thing that I do want to discuss is understanding that trauma and PTSD doesn't necessarily have to come from a place of war, of uh, sexual trauma, um, or like danger near death. Trauma can come from anything that creates instability within a person to be able to have a safe place. And for me, that was my family life. I think that my abandonment really really clung to my psyche for many years. And I think that's why I developed a lot of these coping mechanisms of lying because I wanted people to still like me and stick around of avoiding confrontation because I didn't want people to be mad at me. So therefore not leaving me and not wanting to be my friend anymore. Um, and then just anger when those things happened. So that for me was the biggest red flag. And I remember wanting help, but knowing my family's stance on mental health, I just, I never really asked for it. And it you do have to take some culpability because even though we are not adults at this point in our teenage lives, we are the only ones inside of our minds or can understand them. Sometimes we don't. In expressing it to a parent or an adult, I'm not saying everyone will be receptive to you stating that, but at least out loud verbalizing that you are trying to create, my cat is playing with packing material it's so distracting. Can you hear that? Are you having a fun time? But I think that it's important to vocalize it because that does give you a sense of strength within yourself. It helps you identify it. It kind of makes it more real. And thankfully, there are tools that you can reach out and ask for help, even at a young age, even if you're not an adult. So I really hope that being more vocal will make people more apparent, but also that those who are on the receiving end or who may not understand mental health issues will be more receptive and want to find alternatives to help, you know, remedy the pain that someone is feeling or the imbalances that they're going through in their own mind. I know I promised that I would not do any jump cuts or editing, but I have not gone back or erased any clips. I had to pause and start recording because I got a phone call from work that came through and then um, I had someone at the door. So I didn't want to include those, but I'm still sticking to my promise. Nothing else has been edited. I just started and stopped my recording. Um, but that is going to be it for today's episode. Um, I wanted to give some insight on what I've experienced up until like my teenage years. It's very truncated, even though it seems like a lot of information. I just wanted to touch on some of the early warning signs and how kids and teens react to external stimuli and pressures of life and how that can manifest into mental health. And I feel that this is a good stopping point in at least identifying some of those things, you taking a look and seeing if you, you know, maybe relate to some, uh, if you are noticing them, if you do have kids and you're listening to this. Again, my experience is not going to diagnose anyone. So please utilize this as something that is a jumping off point in a platform. I don't want anyone to misconstrue that I'm trying to tell you that you have a disorder. Um, that is not my intention, but I just want to be very clear that these are some things and I have learned through therapy and how to identify them when they do come up and how to find those root causes. That's the biggest um, and most important part of this piece is finding out why something is making you feel or act a certain way. So I hope that you enjoyed this first episode. Um, and I 
I'm kind of nervous about this vulnerability. I do have a very gifted capability of talking. <laughs> so that's not the problem. It's more so the uh, in post and editing. I'm very self-conscious and hearing these out loud may be hard for me, but I plan to continue pushing through this process and produ producing more content. So I hope you have a guy, you guys have a great rest of your day. I uh, look forward to the next episode and stay cool, stay groovy, stay dope, stay rad. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,